All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, episode three of the Jordan McKay podcast. Subject to change. I'm starting to like that more for a title, uh, but I got to talk to all the people that get uh, hired to do all this stuff and are a lot better than me at making things up like that. Um, and we're going to try to get through a couple different things today. NBA season is just about to get underway. You guys are obviously um, keeping up on all the preseason stuff. If you're into all that, uh, my guy, my friend Tyler Hero seems to just torch anybody uh, in his in his path right now. He's been killing. Uh, he had the first 14 points straight um, two nights ago or three nights ago. So I guess that's that's pretty good. It's not a not a bad thing to do um, in your first few NBA games. He's looking more than comfortable out there. Super excited about watching him kind of grow and chase after that rookie of the year because. That might be wild. People are like, well, you got Zion, you got RJ, you got all these people going for Rookie of the Year. But I will tell you something, and we'll have Tyler on the show um, eventually uh, if the Heat can clear it. Uh, let my lousy self uh, anywhere near Miami or Tyler. It's kind of big time now. I only get like one FaceTime a week from him instead of two. Uh, but no, we talk a lot, and he is going to be chasing that Rookie of the Year vote because that's what Tyler's always done. So... Uh, looking forward to the NBA season. I think you're going to see a lot of the, the landscape change. Um, you know, obviously with the Warriors not having KD and KD not being in the league this year out for injury uh, reasons, I still don't think you can put your money against the Warriors. Uh, I might be biased. Just kidding. Not, it's not mine. I'm completely biased. I love Steph Curry. I love the Warriors, and I do believe – uh, that they find a way to get to the finals, and then anything's possible from there. So excited for that. Super excited for college basketball to start here. Uh, we're getting ready to to try to open some eyes as well as, you know, a lot of good teams and a lot of good storylines to kind of follow out there across the league. So send me anything you got with questions about the NBA, about college basketball, or anything about anything. I'm willing to talk about it all. Um, with that being said, want to introduce somebody that we're going to have an interview with right now. And you're going to hear with Serato. That is one of the top, if not the top uh, shoe sneaker customizers in the world. Um, Serato is a guy who has a really interesting and unique story. Super excited for you guys to get to just listen in and, and hear about how he took art and sports and combined them to not only make a living, but I mean, he's doing even more than that. He's getting to meet people that, you know, we all, you know, would, uh, would want to meet in our wildest dreams and sit down with some people that uh, he can really learn a lot of stuff from. So hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, with that being said, here's my sit down, not interview, because that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to talk to people uh, with Serato. Hope you guys enjoy. Corey, how you doing, man? What's going on, man? What's up, man? So Corey's not the uh, not the name you really go by. That's the, the you're more of a give me your stage name real quick. What's that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that'd be uh, Serato is what I usually go by on the internet. You know, YouTube. Honestly. Serato. So you can look up Serato on all your socials. See, I made you say it because I was looking at it. I'm like, I, I'm gonna butcher. I'm gonna butcher this. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask how they were gonna do that. Yeah, no doubt. I was I was gonna butcher it, so I just threw it up to you. Uh, where's that Where's that come from? Before we get into it, you know, all the introductions and stuff are coming. But where's Serato come from? Where? So yeah, that's uh, it's just it's like a 
my uh, former business partner or whatever, when I, when I first started doing all this stuff, um, he actually came up with the name. Um, it's actually Italian, it's short for Spencerato, which is living carefree. So we just shortened it down to make it kind of easier. But, but, Sweet. Uh, so yeah. so it's, Ital- it's Italian for living carefree. I love it. Love it. Yeah. So, high yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So obviously people, you know, are watching right now and can see uh, the stuff behind you, which I think is, is awesome. Uh, I don't I don't know if I appreciate you coming on my show, showing me up because I'm sitting here. You can see in the background, I think I got like cereal that's expired back there on top of my fridge and that's about it. But no, that's sweet. Tell, tell, tell me a little bit about your sneaker wall back there. Uh, so, yeah, this is just the, just the, the, the house collection, the ones I keep. So. Uh, this, is just, this is just basically, you know, a bunch of joints I've had since, you know, you know, some of these go all the way back to, you know, high school and just kind of just kind of keeping the collection going. And then, uh, now I kind of use it for background, you know, for my own YouTube and all that kind of stuff whenever I do my little cuts and everything like that. So no, it's dope. So you're 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 a definite sneakerhead. I don't think there's any question about that. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. You got a favorite one back there? What's a fa- What's your favorite sneaker? You know, I actually thought about this and I figured they might ask, you know, so. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have one on the wall back here. That's my favorite one. I think, like, if I was just going to pick one, I'm all about, like, the Travis Scott's right now. You know, you could probably pick either, any one of those, but a little less hype BC answer maybe. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, my favorite, like, shoe, like, right now just is, is probably these PG3s back there. You know, those are kind of, like, my favorite, like, hooping shoe right now. So, you know, I try to get all the different versions of the, uh, you know, the, the Apollo mission, you know, the, the NASA joints they put out, so you know they're all pretty cool. So, no, so obviously you're a sneakerhead, and everybody can see that. Uh, you talked a little bit about your your YouTube channel and everything that you've grown with your business, but you know we're we're a few minutes in and people haven't gotten the proper introduction. So, less I talk, the better. You go ahead and take it. Tell us tell us who you are, uh, what you do exactly. Give me your your little blurb on that. Cool. So yeah, I'm I'm Corey Bailey, I guess. Um, I usually go by Serato, uh, pretty much, you know, all over the place. Um, and my main thing is, you know, I'm an artist, so I just do a lot of uh, sneaker customization. So um, I do it for all the, you know, pretty much anybody. I mean, I've, I've done, you know, all the celebrities, all the way up to, you know, Chris Brown and Amigos, all the way down to, you know, regular people that can order from the website, you know, all in between. So a lot of NBA guys, a lot of college guys, you know, all the Zion stuff last year, a lot of that kind of stuff. So um, I try to keep to that. I'm trying to branch out, you know, maybe some soccer. And, uh, you know, I got a little, I got a couple of NFL guys. And I'm trying to get some more foot into that. But, you know, they're a little bit more strict right now. So it's a little harder for the soccer and football stuff. But uh, everywhere else, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm pretty much in there. So that's kind of what I think. That's good stuff, man. That's awesome, Corey. So we'll uh, we'll kind of take it from from the top or, I guess, from the beginning of, of you and your business. Uh, you know, me and you were actually in a similar similar area or similar realm of this sneaker slash clothing customization. I used to take uh, um, Nike Elite socks when I was like eight years old, um, and then I'd put them on my kitchen counter and I'd dye them in like clothing dye and then spray like paint all over. Uh, and after after I ruined my mom's oak kitchen table, uh, I was no longer I was out of the business. Um, and, and that was the end of that for me. But tell me how you got started with all this customization stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's actually a funny story because I know a guy that did like that same thing with the Nike lease. Is that he, he took it a step further eventually, I guess. He started doing like the uh, like the sublimated prints on top of them. So you could do like, you know, 
Yeah, he was he was actually he was, or whatever. Yeah, he so, was good at what he did. And then there was there was just me destroying things and doing stuff. I, I had this I had this master plan. I was like just gonna I was gonna make all these like I made I vividly remember these purple socks that I well I turned them purple. They were this really gross looking washed purple, and it had a black stripe. And then I just just splatter painted yellow on it, and then I threw them in the wash. Ru- ruined a bunch of stuff, and and that was the end for me. I might have to try that now. I no, I, I tell, I'm telling you, don't do that. You got, you got it. I don't. <laughs> I got some place to throw some paint though, so we might be all right. I, I bet you, okay. I bet you do. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Basically, I just I got into this. Um, I, I've always been into art, I guess. Um, so I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I first got into school, or whatever. So I started doing art in like high school. Um, it's funny enough, I actually went to an art school for high school and middle school, and I actually never took art, which is weird. Everybody says, but. Um, I always thought, you know, make, you know, how you gonna make money doing that, blah, blah, blah. So I just never did it for real, for real. So I just kept it kind of low key. Yeah. Um, started doing, um, like design work, you know, like I, I was on, uh, you know, I played basketball and baseball all four years in high school. So I was on the team. Um, so yeah, I would be on the bus. I'm, you know, we going to and from games and whatnot. So I'd be trying to find something to do. Um, that was before, you know, I guess, I mean, I don't think I even had an iPod then. So I was, I was bored. So <laughs> I was trying to find something to do. I would do that. My friends would see it or whatever. They asked for, you know, design work, things like that. Um, I was really big into like anime stuff and like uh, like tattoo work. So um, I would just start, they started asking me like, you know, a couple of guys, you know, the older ones started asking me like, yo, can you draw a uh, tattoo design or whatever for me? And, you know, maybe I can get something like that done or whatever. So I did that. A couple of the guys actually went and got some stuff done or whatever. So from that point, I was like, all right, so tattoo is where it's at probably. So like, let me think about what I want to do with that. But, you know, first I'm going to do the responsible thing. I'm actually attempting it too. It's like, you know, you're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to UMBC for like a year. Figured out that, you know, I don't like math and science that much anymore. So, you know, that's probably not going to work. So <laughs> I was like, I got a semi skill. So I was like, let me try to use that maybe and not waste all this money going to school for no reason. Um, so basically, I dropped out of that. Um, but before I did that, I actually started, I dabbled. I started getting tattooed myself. And the dude, I would bring my own designs in or whatever. And the dude was like, you know, these are kind of good. You know, have you ever thought about doing it yourself or whatever? And I was like, no, nah, not really. Like, I don't even know how you like start. Doing, you know, learning that and doing that. He wanted you to be a, a tattoo artist. Yeah, he was like, you know, have you ever thought about doing it yourself? You know, being a, being a tattoo artist yourself, whatever. Because you know, I bring my own. I only ever got my own designs like tattooed myself. So um, he was like, yeah, you should probably think about it. Because he would hang them up. You know, he'd hang hang a couple of them up in his little you know, shop or whatever it is. And apparently, people would like some couple people pick them out, which is kind of weird. Actually, I think about it because um, somebody was walking around. I was just about to say that's wild to think that you yeah. got your work kind of just walking around. Like yeah, I probably should have said something about that, but I don't think I ever did. No, that's that's yeah. dope. That's that's crazy to think about that your your art's somewhere. You I know, know, it's probably still hanging out somewhere. I don't know where I don't know where that guy's at now, but it's probably still up there somewhere. But yeah, so I, I started doing that, and then he was like, you know, you should think about getting into it. So while I was still at school, I was like, all right, I should probably, you know, I, let me see about what, what can I do about that. So I started like doing my own design work. Started you know doing all the stuff you're not supposed to do, like buying all the crap off the internet, and, you know, all the online. I got two yeah. stuff and real, you know, scratch your stuff is what they call it. But um, basically, I started doing that and I started like, people were like, my homeboys were like, yo, can you do this? Or can you do that? And I was like, all right, if y'all want to risk it, like, go ahead. So, you know, we started tattooing in the dorm room and, you know, they didn't like that very much. You know, my, my RAs didn't like that apparently. So, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, so you were tattooing out of a dorm room? Yeah, uh, I did a couple. I did a couple. <laughs> I did a couple. I wish I didn't, but I did a couple. You remember the first tattoo you ever put on somebody's skin? Oh man, uh, 
in the dorm room. I don't, I don't remember what it was. I think it was like initials or something, but it had to look like I don't even want to. I don't even want to see it at this point. I don't even want to know what it is. I don't even want to know what it looks like. Like I don't want to know that he's named nothing. Maybe like, maybe he got it covered up somewhere. Got, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But hey, he he made that decision. If it's anything you're doing like on the shoes, I I'm I'm I'd be really pissed if he got it covered up because you got some. That's crazy. Nothing like that. So hey, I'm hoping they all got it all taken care of at this point. But but yeah, yeah so I started doing it in the school, whatever. And you know, once I decided I wasn't gonna continue doing that, I figured, okay, I like I have this thing I might be able to do. So like maybe I don't need to go to school and maybe I can just kind of like go to tattooing school because that's like a yeah. thing to get an apprenticeship. You have to like learn how to do it. So I like when I decided I wasn't gonna go back, I decided I'm gonna go try to figure out how you get into that and how you like get an apprenticeship because I didn't know how to do that either. So um I would just go around to all the different shops. I went to like 30 five 40 different tattoo shops like all over maryland all over the place trying to figure out where you know where who would teach me how to do this like the legit way so i wouldn't have to like keep doing it out of your dorm room right yeah so that's like, not <laughs> the deal thing so i was like let me figure out how to do this the real way but nobody apparently it's like real stingy to like get into that business i i, I need to figure out a way to like do something i know i can be good at so right um, so, but while i was at the shop and i had a lot of downtime just sitting there you know because you nobody knows who you are you don't have people coming in and lining up and anything like that so you know, I had a lot of downtime wait for like walk-ins or whatever. So I would take Vans and uh, Converse's and I would grab like Sharpies or whatever. And I would just do like the tattoo designs, like the flash designs they call it, the ones they sit on the wall. I yeah. would just do those on the shoe as like practice or whatever, right? Right. And I would try to see if I can make it look kind of cool or whatever. And I would just sit them up there like, like kind of like high back here. I would just sit them on the shelf somewhere and like people yeah. would look at them. And I started doing that. And like I had three or four or five of them sitting back there and people would come in and like, like, yo, you know, where do you get those from? You know, like, who does those? You know, I, you know, I'd get a pair of those or something like that, right? So I was like, okay, maybe this is something. You know, maybe it's like, maybe this is like a thing I could do, right? So I had a homeboy that I used to go to high school with that hit me up, said he wanted to do a clothing line. He wanted to open a stand in the mall, and would I be willing to put some of those on his stand? Because like, you know, to help him sell shoes, bring traffic, yada yada. Right. So I was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, so we went to Towson Mall. It's the mall around here, and I went in there and. We, you know, we got a, a kiosk for like a six month contract or whatever it was, which is crazy expensive. They do. It costs more to have a store. It costs more to have a kiosk and it does have a store apparently, which nobody told us. So like we didn't make no money this whole time. We were just basically spending money. But yeah. it was a good experience because, you know, I put my shoes up there. I got my first, uh, you know, I had the, the, the manager of like Nordstrom and DTLR and place like that walk by, you know, just going about their day in the mall, whatever, seen it, asked me if I wanted to do a couple of events for like Nordstrom and things like that. So I did those got my first like you know events of like actually doing shoes for the public kind of thing and then uh i got my first you know ravens guys walk through the mall up there you know they asked me if i could do some cleats for those guys and then manny machado you know hit me up from the orioles you know you walk he's he seen something somewhere so it just kind of snowballed from there and i was like maybe i don't need the mall like maybe i can just do this like online you know instagram was just starting to pop off so i was like i wasn't really into instagram at that point but i was like i should probably use instagram because i seen another guy that i used to go to high school with he was real big doing this kind of thing but on clothes he was he had clients that were like like Kanye and Chris Brown and fabulous all these people. So I was like, damn, like he can do this with the designs he's doing. I was like, I could definitely do the same thing. I just need the eyeballs, you know, I need the track. Right. So I was like, how you do that? So I just try to snowball with as many of these, you know, local guys I could from the Ravens and the Orioles and things like that. And then, you know, Instagram kind of started popping off and you know, I got my first out of town clients, you know, you know, like guys like Lamelo hit me up and you know, a bunch of other people. And, you know, that kind of snowballed me up there a little bit and, you know, started the YouTube and it kind of popped off from there. And that's, you know, kind of how we got here today. 
Man, that's, that's, I think that's the coolest stuff. Those are the coolest stories when, you know, the whole tattoo thing, you, you go into this and so many people think like, you know, I can sit down with a pen and paper and write out like my plan, you know, because people do have like clear visions of what they want to yeah. do. But it's odd how what they want to do and where they are right now, how much can change, you know, in between those two points. And for you to go, you know, into right. tattooing and do all that stuff, which I think is sweet. You know, I'm I, the whole tattoo thing piqued my interest right away. I love, you know, tattoos. I love ink. I love I love art, you know, in general. Um, I was never uh, as talented as you are with it. I remember, you know, sitting around and, and sketching in, in class when I'd get bored and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, my grandpa would always say, like, hey, you should, you know, you should try to do something with this. But he was biased. It probably wasn't that good. But that's what, gra- that's what grandpas are for. And, uh, no, seriously, like, I think that's, that's really cool. One thing I kind of figured out was if you're going to do something in business, you kind of got to, you know, once you dip the toe, there's no point dipping. You got to just jump in. So, yeah, you just gotta go, right? Yeah. If you're if you're only spending twenty percent doing this, and you think you're gonna save, you know, another eighty percent over here for a real job or whatever it is, then that's just just eighty percent of the time you're not making money or making any headway in what you really want to be doing. So you know, right, right, right. Care. The easiest way to get out there and make some money is to you know make it so you have to pay a bill with this right now. Otherwise, you know, you're you're gonna be in some serious trouble. So you know, the first time I had to pay a bill with some art, I came through and I did it. So. After that, I was like, yeah, this is, a, this, this is it. Like, man, I'm going to have to do something with art now for pretty much for good now. So it's going to be paying the bills. So, No, that's yeah, sweet. I got you. I got you. No, see, like, honestly, I don't know. Sasha's probably texting me right now telling me we got to we gotta start actually moving along because I could sit here and talk to you for probably five hours. We could have a really long yeah. podcast right now. I'm not going to take that time out of your day. Uh, but I think that's really, really, uh, really cool. Talk to me about – you know, we talked about your your come up and the way that you grew your brand and everything. You make some sneakers and, and design some some shoes for some extremely big names. Just give me go on about, you know, who your favorite athlete to work with was um, so far, you know, and, and some experiences that you've had because of customizing sneakers uh, and, and just kind of expand on that. Because you talked about LaMelo. I saw pictures, you know, you with Shaq. Uh, this, this, this has taken you to some crazy heights. Um, and then, you know, we'll talk a little bit more right at the end about what you would give advice for to, to young kids, because like we were talking about, everybody thinks they have this plan drawn out about where they're going, you know, but the, you know, just one piece of advice at the end. Uh, but before we get to that, tell me about your favorite piece that you've done, uh, and who your favorite athlete to work with was and why. All right, cool. So my, my favorite piece, like actual like painting on a shoe, that's always hard because I try to top myself on a lot of stuff. So a lot of these, I'm like, yeah. Once I get finished, I'm like, yeah, I did it this time. Like this one's good. Like yep. you know, this is my new favorite one. But I don't know if I really had to pick one, uh, just because of the rarity of the shoe and like the design itself. I really got to do what I really like wanted to do myself. Um, I did one for YouTube, which is like a pair of uh, Air Mags or whatever. You know, the, the Back to the Future, you know, Martin Fly joints. Yep. And uh, I did a pair of those, and I did them in a, you know, in a Dragon Ball Z design. I said my favorite show. I had to do my favorite show on my favorite shoe ever. Like, I never thought I'd be able to yeah. touch a pair, let alone, like, I actually own one now, but I never thought I'd be able to touch a pair. So, like, when I first got a pair, and somebody let me paint them, too, on top of that. So I was like, I don't know who this crazy person is, but, hey, I'll take it. So it, it popped off for YouTube. You know, it was one of my first videos to hit a, you know, hit a million views on YouTube. And, uh, 
So somebody just sent you sent you these air mags. They they can do this where yeah. on your YouTube they can just reach out to you and say like, hey, this is what I want. You know, how can we work out a deal? Yeah, I mean, it's usually a lot easier through like Instagram and you know through like uh, you know I have my manager's you know text number that kind of thing to actually get an order placed with me like that on the website. Um, YouTube, you know, I don't really get to interact with people as much as I want to on there yet. But, right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, this guy apparently I did an event. Uh, I did a competition at a sneaker con in like DC or something like that. And I guess he saw me there and decided he wanted to uh, send a pair down and have me do a pair there. So, um, so I guess that popped off from that, like when I did that way back. So that's one of the other things, you know, touching on the end point, you know, you never know in this business, especially you never know when you're going to meet that one person that eight months later or six months later is going to give you something to do that, you know, you're going to pay a bill or, you know, you're going to get to do something really cool. with. so um, that happens all the time in this business. So I never know. Like I always have to take all the opportunities. because you know, I never know what's going to pop off when. Um, so, you just kind of take your shot, never say no kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, so that's probably my favorite piece, like individual piece I did. And shoot, my favorite person that I've ever like worked with or athlete, if we're going athlete, that's tough too. Cause I mean, I know a lot of like, cool. But, um, shoot, I say just maybe Zion. He's probably like my favorite, like, you know, just cause he's so like, he's such a humble dude. Like he's like a regular dude. So him, maybe RJ too, you know, both of them are like straight yeah. up just regular dudes. So. Um, so they're, they're pretty cool to work with. And, you know, the exposure in that scene was pretty huge. So, um, so they, they might be my favorite. Like if I just had to pick one to redo, like that would be like the first go to, um, but yeah, as far as Zion and RJ, are those your, yeah. those are your craziest experiences so far? Or is there somebody else that you would say, man, like experience, I mean, they're probably my favorite, like people, people will actually work with, um, my crazy experience. That'd be like a tie. So like I did a pair for um, if you guys watch the Marvel movies, uh, for uh, you know Spider Man, you know, which is uh, you know Tom Holland or whatever. So I did a pair for him. I got to go out and meet him, like do the whole thing. He tried to give me really? a pair for Robert Downey Jr. That was crazy. I was like, all right, but you know, <laughs> we were still working on that one. What'd you uh, What'd you do for Robert Downey Jr.? That's that's crazy. Do it, yeah, that's he crazy. wants me to do a pair for him. So I'm, I'm okay, trying to, we're trying to work that one out. So I don't know, you know, he just pitched it to me, but. So that was just crazy, just being there, and you know, he's like another one that's like a spurred up regular dude. Like, like it's almost like he doesn't know he's that famous, which is kind of weird. Because like, if he went outside, he'd definitely get moms. But um, so yeah, he's probably like him or going to you know, meet with Shaq for the you know the first time. That was pretty crazy. Shaq or D Wade, one of those guys. You know, those are probably those are all three tied for like my favorite. Like going to D Wade's crib for the first time, and you know, going to Shaq's house, you know, and sitting there and having Shaq, you know, tell me for like an hour about how to be rich. Like that's probably like my favorite. Like my favorite. So he said he sat down and really, you know, yeah. was real with you, huh? Yeah, for sure. Shaq's like the realest dude out there, apparently. Like, I mean, he looks like it, but then he really is. So, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, he was trying to give me all the knowledge. So, you know, I appreciate all that for sure. But, you know, just once you get in there, you see all you see the house, you see the crib. I mean, it's basically the size of a hotel. You're like, all right, you should probably listen to whatever this guy's talking about because he definitely knows what's going on. So, um, that, that's so. wild. Man. <laughs> yeah, so as far as business goes. That's definitely where it's at. And if I had to give like a point to like anybody like coming up, you know, trying to like do something in business or do something with even art, you know, doesn't have to be just art, but just for business. Um, yeah. It's always, it's, it's like what I said earlier, you know, never say no, always say yes to whatever's going on. Because I'm like nine pivots in right now. And that's only because I just was like, all right, let's try that. Let's do this. Let's try yeah. that. And you never know what's going to like kind of work out and pop off. So that's kind of my thing. So. Always just keep keep going to you know whatever's the next thing going on because it's definitely not. Yeah, I, I love the fact that you would you know give that piece of advice. Just never say say no because I feel like there's a lot of uh, we all have these ideas whether they're crazy or not you know in our mind uh, 
And generally they're not like, oh, you know, in, in 30 years I want to be sitting in a cubicle, you know, typing stuff for some guy I don't even know. And that's not the dreams that, that people have. But we end up there, you know, so, so many times because we tell ourselves, you know, well, no, I'm not going to do this because, you know, that's risky or people could look at me this way or I could end up here. You know, how am I going to make money or do whatever it is? And, you know, the thing that I love about you and your story is that you've taken and combined two like very, um, very interesting things like in this day and age with art and sports. And you've you've morphed into what is now, you know, the largest, you know, uh, sneaker customization and just kind of this now personality with your YouTube channel, which uh, how many subscribers are you at right now? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think it's like, uh, shoot, where are we at? Like 540, 50, something like that. Something maybe, I don't know, something like that. So yeah, I mean, that's not, not too bad in you know, a year and a half or whatever it is. You know, doing that like two 2,000 subscribers yeah, yeah, wow. and uh, very inconsistent posting. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you know that that's that's awesome. What's the what's the next move for you? Uh, I don't actually know right now. Right now, I'm trying. I mean, I don't have anything major crazy going on. You know that I can like. I mean, other than working with Iron Man, you don't have anything crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not, nothing crazier than that popping off right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, kind of on a more, like, actual, like, getting everything together. Because that's another thing you got to tell, you know, tell the kids, you know, they start doing this. Like, nobody, especially in a business like this, nobody, there was nobody I could ask, like, how do you do this? How do you start doing that? Like, what do you do when you get to this point? Like, what happens when you have, you know, 200, 300 orders, you know, at one time and you're only one person? Like, how do you do that? Like, so, like. The one thing I have going on right now is basically trying to organize everything that I have going on. Um, yeah. So between YouTube, between, you know, doing all the, you know, the, the pairs for all the homies, you know, and all the guys that hit me up on Instagram and doing all the actual order work and then the YouTube stuff and then the over, you know, the show, you know, all that stuff, basically trying to organize everything to a manageable, like actual, like where I can actually go outside and like have a day to like do something. You got a secretary yet, man? Gee, I mean, all that stuff. I feel like you need somebody. Um, I got, I got, I got a couple people. I got some help, but you know, we're we're getting out. You know, we had a team meeting for the first time, you know, a couple of last like last week or whatever. So you know, we're getting it together. So I'm doing that, and then basically trying to organize the YouTube. I want to get to like a point where I'm, I'm posting consistently, yeah. and I got you know different content. You know, we're working on this new, uh, you know, uh, like NBA and 2K kind of thing that we're gonna do. You know, to like talk about what's going on in the NBA and you know, yeah. college scene or whatever's going on basketball. Basically, talk about that kind of stuff while we're you know while we're hooping or doing 2k or whatever working with different guys doing that kind of stuff you know just trying to do stuff that's not so straight up you know me in a shoe but yep. you know still in the same lane kind of thing so we're no, just trying to kind of fan the same way you know you're doing yourself so no i would love to love to see you sitting there you know talking about you know 2k or just the nba in general and then you're talking about guys who are who are rocking you know pairs of your custom shoes like a john moran or a zion williamson or you know rj barrett all these guys Lamelo. You you got he's got a pair of yours right? Yeah, Lamelo was my one of my early guys. You know, he, he sent me one of his jerseys. That was pretty cool. He was like the first guy to do that. Uh, so. he, yeah, he sent me one of his Lithuania jersey. Yeah, one of his Lithuania joints. So like that was pretty cool. Okay, the Lithuania one. Yeah, so you know that I'm hoping that be you know that'd be a cool one to have on the wall. So you know I I got a collection of them now. So I'm trying to like. Keep, keep it going. Hey, Corey, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Serato on, on all the socials. You guys go hit him up, follow him, and look at all the great stuff he's been doing. Uh, he's blowing up, and we appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. All right.
that was me chopping it up with Serato. Obviously a really cool guy uh, and doing a lot of crazy stuff through art uh, and through sports, meeting a lot of crazy people and a pretty wild story. Uh, if any of you have stories like that um, or are on that similar kind of journey or path, uh, reach out to me. Um, and before we get into fan love questions, which we do at the end of every episode, uh, just want you guys to realize that you can reach out to my own socials, Jordan McCabe five on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff. I'd say Facebook, but don't reach out to me there. I haven't been active on Facebook since like 2011. So don't do that. Maybe we'll get that up and running again. Uh, but that'll be outsourced as well. So. You can reach out to me on there, and you can reach out to AskJordan at itsovertime.com. Once again, that is AskJordan at itsovertime.com. Reach out to me with any questions, uh, and hopefully those questions end up here on our finalization of every episode and our segment that we call Fan Love. So this week we have submitted by Sam on YouTube, what are three things that undersized, undersized guards need to make it to the next level? And he's meeting college in the next level. So this question, I really didn't read through these. Uh, this is right off the top. Three things that undersized guards need to know or need to do. Um, you know, from our scrimmage here with Penn State, uh, being kind of my first uh, live game since last year against, you know, a different opponent because we had our little inner squad scrimmage. I can tell you, Sam – that as an undersized guard, it's tough because you're living in a world right now where the scoring point guard is the one who gets a lot of this, you know, notoriety and attention and the media kind of uh, really dials in on these point guards who can score the ball at a high clip. You have to understand that if you're sitting right now at like 5'11 to 6'2", that doesn't necessarily mean you can't be a scoring point guard, you know, thus a Trey Young comes onto the scene and completely demolishes that fallacy. But you have to understand that that may not be what gets you there. Hugs always tells us in order to make it to the next level, which we all do, we all want to end up in the NBA, you have to be really, really good at something. And that seems super, super easy and watered down or whatever you want to call it, but it's very true. You have to have one thing in your game when somebody sits down um, and, and they watch you and they either say he runs a team better than anybody else I've ever seen. He's, his vision and transition is better than anybody else I've ever seen. He makes the right decision every time and he doesn't do anything that's going to, you know, get in the way of his team winning. Those are little things that, Sam, if you can – kind of hone in on like, hey, this is what I do well. Don't run away from that because it might not be scoring 40 a game and you want to just continue to try to work on moving towards being that scoring point guard. That's either you'll know if that's in your skill set. Um, and even if it's in your skill set, it may not be what's best for your team. And I think that's what makes undersized guards or just guards in general in the, in the game of basketball elite or just very good. Um, the elite ones are somebody who – sacrifices themselves for the betterment of their team. So I know that's a lot. I know I didn't hit three points there for you. Uh, I'm not great at that. Sometimes I ramble, especially about stuff like this, because I think it is important. Undersized guards and guards that, you know, may not put up 40 a game are, are kind of 
you know, marginalized now with these scoring point guards kind of taking over. But just remember that, you know, Steve Nash, John Stockton, all these guys who were past first point guards got us to where we are today and that there's going to be a precedent set um, for more and more of those kind of guys. So understanding that role of maybe not averaging 40, but averaging seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, whatever uh, points a game and your assisted turnover is sitting at like four to one, five to one. Those are guys that may not always show up. Like I think of a Kyle Lowry, not always going to put up the craziest numbers in the world, but he's got a ring. He's got an NBA championship. He There's articles written about how Kyle Lowry affects a game compared to other people, and it's insane. Just the small little decisions, making the right decisions, sacrificing himself for the team on a, on a consistent basis. That's what makes, I think, undersized guards and just guards in general great. Our next question is from Andrew. Uh, Andrew Thoppel. Sorry if I did not pronounce that correctly. Uh, what are you doing to improve your weaknesses? This is great. Kind of goes off what we we're just kind of talking about. Do you do anything specifically to improve athleticism, athleticism such as explosiveness, vertical leap, and overall change of direction? Um, so, Andrew, that's a really good question because I think when people become obsessed with this game, uh, they have their strengths, which we talked about. Um, you'll know it if you just ask anybody who watches you on a consistent basis. They can tell you what your strengths are. Um, personally, you know, I can, I can handle the basketball uh, I feel that that allows me to get our team into offense. I can pass, especially in transition, when things are happening quickly um, and try to make the right decisions. So those are my strengths. And then you're asking about how do I work on my weaknesses? And I think it's really important when you go in every day, if your workout is like a pie chart, I would say that over half, over half of your workout, probably 60 to 70% of your workout should be honing all the small details of those strengths. Because like I said to Sam, you are going to get moved up level after level based on that one thing that you do really well. Because as a coach or a GM, I need to take this guy who does this really well and this guy who does this really well and three other guys who do their thing really well together, put five on the court that complement each other in the right way to win a championship. So when you're going into workout, that pie chart of your workout should look like 70% of your strength and really honing in and trying to get better and better at those. So that's what they see. And then that GM that's looking at you now sees that's your strength and that 30% that you work on uh, your weaknesses. For me, like you talked about athleticism, but I think you, you hit on, you know, change of direction, which I would say um, laterally, lateral change of direction, defensive stuff. All those concepts, if I work on 30% of my day every single day, now I'm working to shore up those weaknesses so that my strengths can be even further, you know, highlighted when I am out there playing. So that is the answer on that. What am I doing to improve them? Um, I'm probably sitting down and writing them down. Otherwise, you go in the gym without a plan and things get messy. Sit down, figure out your strengths, figure out your weaknesses, and then figure out how you're going to hone in on both of those. Uh, our third question here submitted by <laughs> Red Pickle 112 on YouTube. Why do you pick WVU over every other college that offered you WVU? And I've answered this question hundreds of times and I have no problem answering it uh, 101 times. 
this is a family. Um, it's a it's a school um, and a program that's built on that. And I think you are probably listening and be like, yeah, okay, family. Everybody says they're part of a family, and you know, people break down the huddle and say family on three and all this stuff, but they don't really mean it. This this school, this organization is a family, and I want to share just a quick story um, about how I knew I made the right choice to come here to WVU. So I um, was a freshman last year and I can remember vividly working out with one of our recruits. Uh, and during that workout, you know, I got a phone call uh, from my father and sorry, this is going to get somewhat heavy, but this is honestly when I, you know, had my eyes opened to what this school does in terms of being a family. But I got this phone call during my workout uh, it was my dad and um, my mom had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. So obviously that hit me uh, harder than, than anything's ever hit me in my life, uh, being that my mom is, is a rock for me, uh, somebody who's done so much and is the best person in the world. And we could have a whole episode and maybe we should uh, with mom and just talking about how much of an amazing person she is. I get that news. And then within weeks, um, she ends up in Morgantown. And if we reverse that, she was going to have treatment done uh, back home. She's obviously in Wisconsin where I'm from. Uh, but when she found out the terrible news um, and our program got wind of it, Hugs was the first one to sit down with me um, and talk to me who he also uh, has had, you know, family history of different things like that um, and set up organizations, the Norma May um, Cancer Foundation, if you have the means to to donate to that, I highly suggest you do because all that money goes to a great, great, great cause. And Hug sits down and talks to me and uses, uh, you know, his connections and everything that he's done, um, you know, as a basketball coach here to help me in a situation that, you know, you do feel helpless when you get that call. Um, and my mom is on the first flight out to Morgantown because of Coach Hugs. Uh, and meeting with a, a doctor here at Ruby. Um, and I'm not going to disclose her name, but this doctor is phenomenal. She's amazing. Uh, she sat down with my mom, talked about uh, different options that she had. Uh, they went through with the surgery and everything's well. And fast forward to a year later now, uh, she just had her checkup and she is completely cancer-free as of right now, which is amazing and uh, I remember sitting there, you know, the night that, that Hugs walked me through our plan of action as a family um, and how we were going to get, you know, things taken care of and straightened away. Uh, and I just remember sitting there thinking, you know, all the people that asked me, you know, why WVU? I wish I could just kind of take that recording of 48 hours or 24 hours after finding out probably the worst news that I've gotten in my entire life and how much of a family, you know, we became through something that was very difficult. So outside of the fact that this is one of the best basketball programs in the country, uh, very prestigious. And, you know, though we had a difficult year last year, uh, this is a, a very prideful school. On top of all that, um, you do see the family atmosphere and everything uh, that you want out of a school. So that's why I picked WVU. And that's why I believe I was right uh, in my choice. So now with that being said, a little uh, try to get a little bit lighter here. Submitted 
by Spencer from Overtime. We talked a little bit about who Spencer is, uh, part of my amazing team that makes this thing run, uh, this podcast run, because Jordan's not the most organized person in the world. Uh, those of you that know me know that, and those of you that don't now know that. Uh, I'm not great with all that. I got a lot of stuff kind of going on on a daily basis, but Spencer's part of that team that makes this thing run, uh, gets things set up, and uh, I am eternally grateful for, even though he throws jabs like this one. He said, bro, can you please put up some posters on your wall or something? I know you're in college, but come on now. So as you can see back there, uh, if you're listening on, on Apple, you can't see that, but it's just a bunch of blank white walls. And I think I have one poster. I have a, a Wolf of Wall Street poster. So Spencer, if you want to donate to the Poor College Fund, and send me a few posters of your liking that you'd want behind there. Uh, just let me know because we do need some wall art. But that's not my forte. So uh, hopefully you'll see this thing grow. And like I said, I'm starting to like the the title of this podcast being subject to change with Jordan McCabe. Still got to talk to that wonderful team that I just mentioned about that. Uh, but like I said, everything is subject to change around here, including the decor of my apartment. So I appreciate you guys listening to episode three. Um, if you have any questions for me, you know where to find me. If you don't, rewind about seven minutes. That's an off-the-top guess. Um, but Or you can just go on the Ask Jordan at itsovertime.com and submit your questions there, and we'll try to get you in on fan love. Um, I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, like Serato said in his interview, stop saying no to everything. Stop giving yourself an excuse. Stop finding reasons to not go out and do something. We all have ambitions. We all have ideas. And somehow we always find a way to tell ourselves, well, you know, maybe it's just safer to continue what I'm doing. But then again, you may not be fully happy with what you're doing. So stop saying no, start saying yes. And those connections that you make are going to continue, you know, to compound like his have uh, and take you to places you might have never expected yourself to go. So go out there, have a good week. I appreciate you guys listening in. Go do stuff. Be nice. Be kind to one another. I love you, and we will see you next week. Woohoo! That's the one right there, Larry. I know. I'm trying to tell you that Joe was fire, right? If you want to check out the rest of the videos, they're right here for you. And subscribe. Right here. And Kobe let them know right there. <laughs>